G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Race control with Murph on vocals and celebrating Ugh. Elvis being released around the country. The movie starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker. Uh, Burning Love, you like that? Huh? That's got some. That's got some. Yeah, I love Burning Love. It's got some zhuzh to it. What does What does Burning Love remind you of? Where does it take you to? Because songs always take you to a place or a memory. No, no, can't. Can't, can't say. Can't, can't say, say. Can't say it at all. Right. Just, it's just a, just a great song. It's just a great tune. Uh, I, I, and, um, you know, I wonder if Betty Clemenko likes Burning Love from Elvis. Let's find out. Uh, Betty, thanks for joining us on Repco Race Control. Elvis Presley, Burning Love. Do you like that? Of course I do. It's <laughs> one of the best. So, okay, so I asked ask Murph, does it remind you of any time in your life or something that really cool that happened? Does it remind you of anything? Well, actually... <laughs> I was around when Elvis died, and I remember the day he died, and, and that was the song that was playing on the radio when they cut it short and told us all. And, and I remember I had a block of chocolate in my hand with my girlfriend, and we just looked at the chocolate, dropped it, and burst into tears. So uh, it's not wow. something cool, but something that I do remember. Yeah, like I, I remember being in Singapore as a, about, I think, a 14-year-old and uh, staying uh, with my mum and my aunt. My, my uncle was in the army, and I, I remember stopping dead and going, you're kidding me, right? He's, it was an, it was August, I think, of '77. I think it was. So uh, that's yeah, a long it was time. Yeah, I left high school. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us on Repco Race Control, and we are. It's a real pleasure having you because we said earlier on this evening you are one of the strong women uh, to to <laughs> to look up to, and not just in the sport that you are involved in, but genuinely as a businesswoman and, and and as a character and as an aspirational figure for other women. Why did you get into supercars? Well, I was, uh, I did the hard yards. I started off in F3 thinking, you know what, this is what I love. I love motorsports. So let's just start a little. And we worked our way all the way through all the different categories, ended up in GTs. And then we, miraculously, we we did everything in GTs. You know, we won Bassett, the Bassett 12, and we couldn't go any further. And I kind of just, you know, looked at my husband and went, how about V8? And he just looked at me with that, oh, my God, here we go, look. And that's how we ended up in V8s because I, I wanted to go to more races. I, six times a year just wasn't enough for me. Betty, um, Murphy, hey, great to have you on. Thank you so much. Um, I Listen, I, I've got to be completely honest with you. You know, when when all this, you know, talk came around you coming into supercars and bits and pieces, as did probably just about everybody 
you know, I thought, oh, how long will this last? You know, this is going to be, yeah, the, you know. It was it, the rich girl and, with the uh, the toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and and I am I'm couldn't be more happy to um, eat my own words on that one and and see that you have just withstood the test of time through this and 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 contributed um, in the period. Was it seven? Is it eight years? Coming up, eight years. I just, just, I'm in the middle of my 10th season. In supercars? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is it that long? 25 years in, yeah, 25 years in motorsport. And this is my 10th season because it goes by season. Um, This is my 10th season in in V8. Like, and that's just amazing. And and I I just, uh, as I say, happy to eat uh, my humble words um, and... (laughs) And just go well done, well done to you for withstanding, you know, dealing with, you know, these people. Um, there's choice words that can be used for, you know, for for dealing with a lot of it most of the time. But it's it's not easy. It's it's a full on challenge. And and I know that you get a lot out of it. And you've and you love contributing and supporting and helping drivers and people all the way through the journey. I mean, it, it's it's you know, I take my hat off to you. Oh, thank you. I remember my first. Uh team owners meeting and I won't say who it was but they came and patted me on the shoulder and said now don't get intimidated by all these you know all the owners and you know don't don't worry and I just looked at him and I said I was brought up by a Hungarian property developer this is nothing (laughs) I mean let's be blunt what are the biggest challenges you face as a woman and as a team owner in this sport uh Different things at different times. In the beginning, it was just to be heard, and not to. In the beginning, it was like I got the feeling they thought, "What do I know?" And you know mm. that I couldn't know anything, and uh, that's why I surrounded myself with, you know. And it's true, I surrounded myself with very smart men, and and now women as well. But back then, it was um, I had to learn because I knew the GTs, I knew everything else, but it, I knew nothing about about supercars. I remember the first time I was there, someone said, oh, there's Craig Lance. And I honestly, I went, oh yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the, and I got it right. And I was, they said, you're going to V8 and you have no idea who they are. I said, I don't need to know who they are. I just need to win. And that's kind of been my motto, you know, like I choose to go in there to win the race, you know, I'm not there to, uh, I don't know to to knit blankets, but but the but also it's it's a business, right? It's I mean you were the GT thing was a business thing, but this with, with the structure of supercars and the the revenues and the and also the costs and the, and how it all works, it's it's a business, and you've you've been a you know you've been a business woman. <laughs> I mean the way well, all the way before exactly you right. got involved. I, I I didn't think I'd have to, but I did in the end have to bring my business side into my racing side because uh, as you said it is a business and um, we are the entertainment and a lot of Mm. fans forget that we are the entertainment they're going there to see us race and um, it has to be a business and it has to stand up on its own two feet and you know uh, god I don't know how many years ago now but 
Barry Ryan, the CEO of the company, turned around and said to me, there's going to come a time when you don't have to put your hand in your pocket because that's what racing's about. And I, I laughed at him. And I tell you what, we're nearly there. So on your 10th year, you're nearly there not putting your hand in your pocket. So that would yeah, exactly sigh of relief from you, I would suggest, and your bank manager. No, not really. You know, it's, it's always been a love of mine. You know, sometimes you, you, you do sacrifice things for things you love. But for Barry, I think it was more a principle of, you know, this is a race team, we're going to do well, and we're going to get good sponsors. And that's exactly what he's done. And for him, it's a goal. And it's his, um, you know... Barry just loves the sport. He he would do anything for the sport. And um, I, I've learned from him. And he's taught me a lot about, you know, supercars. And, I, you know, I'm not too scared to say or too frightened to say, you know, I didn't know everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we, but we, we're still learning. We learn every day. There's, you know, you still aren't going to know everything. It doesn't matter how long you're involved in the sport. There's always going to be things that, that crop up that you are finding new. They evolve. Things evolve. Things change. You know, the way we go about doing what we do is constantly evolving in this business as well as every other one, right? Oh, it is. Look, there's one thing that I never learned to do and I really wanted to learn to do. It was the first year we were in and the Stone Brothers who, um, Ross and Jimmy, who I bought the company off, they were with us for the first year. And we'd had a, a bingle on track and they couldn't get the the front splitter off. And Jimmy just walks up and, you know, it's all very technical now. And he walks up with a rubber mallet and taps the splitter in the middle and it just falls off. And I just looked at him and I went, I want to do that. I want to be able to go walk up to a splitter with a rubber mallet, tap it and, and watch it fall off after people have spent an hour trying to get this thing off. And I, was, I have never learned how to do it, though. There's, there's, always, there's always time, Betty. Like the, one of the questions I have to ask you revolves around your attitude towards contracts and drivers. And it, and it seems to be, oh, no, no I, I like it because... You don't appear to be the type of owner that's going to keep someone in, in your team if they don't want to be there. Now, obviously, this is driven by whispers along pit lane that uh, DJR are trying to sniff out Will Brown at the moment. And you've said, well, you've pretty, you've pretty much indicated, well, if he, you know, if, he, if he doesn't want to be here, that's fine. And Because I, I, I assume, and please correct me, it, it was a similar situation with with David, he had a ten-year deal, but then something came up, and you went, "Okay, well, if you don't want to be here, don't be here." And I'm happy to to see you move on. Is that how you yeah, approach it? I learned very, you know, early on in life that unless someone is a hundred percent given to to what they do, they'll only give you fifty to sixty percent. It's like when you used to know your summer holidays were coming. It was December, you know, early December. You knew you were going on holidays in, in two weeks. You didn't care about school anymore. You didn't care what you did. And they just filled your time. And that's exactly what happens with a driver. You know, unless they're 100%, you know, into that team and the driver and the, and the engineer and everything else, they lose interest. If they lose interest, they lose their confidence in the fact that they can win for that team. And it all just becomes two weeks before Christmas. Is and there, I don't want that in my team. But is there, is, would you fight for a driver, though? I have fought for a driver, but I have not fought with the driver. I have tried to explain to managers and, and to drivers what we could do for them. 
and you know you can't blame a young guy who when especially let's just take Anton for instance you know we that was done the right way you know Ryan Story came and talked to me and told me that he was going to offer Anton the spot and I said look thank you for coming you know to me and I'm not shocked because any young driver that goes in and all of a sudden is offered a seat at DJR just after uh, McLaughlin left would be a fool not to take it. And, you know, I understand they have careers. They want to be on the top. And when, uh, hopefully in a couple of years, we'll be the team that they want to be in because we'll be at the top. Yeah, it's um, the whole driver situation is an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's... That the the way that all plays out and and uh, you know the I'm, silly I'm too seasons. I'm to argue with people. <laughs> yeah, I really too, am yeah, too well, old to argue with people. They're not going to drive well for you. You know, you just you got to let it go sometimes and just go. Yep, next. Because you know how many next there are waiting in line that are fantastic drivers. All these young guys <laughs> out there that are are brilliant. You got to someone's got to give them a chance. You you've got to be then incredibly proud of of what you've contributed in that respect and, you know, giving the opportunities and creating the opportunities and, and, and seeing, you know, um, the, 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 the young guys and that are, have, you know, been given those chances, put in your cars, achieve what they're achieving. It must be awesome. Great uh, feeling. I mean, I, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I looked up at the podium and it was Will Davidson Anton and Dave Reynolds and I went oh isn't that nice <laughs> it's an Erebus podium because in my mind they're still part of what of how we got to where we are now you know they all contributed to something towards it and um, it was it's, it's nice to know that you've done something like especially I'm using Anton again you know that his career was boosted by learning at Erebus and I, you know, I'm, I, I, I wish them all the best. Not particularly to win, but yeah. maybe come second. Betty, is there if you had a choice of driver on the grid right <laughs> now? Yeah, I yeah, know you don't. You don't she's, have. She's got them. You she's got this year. She's, yeah, she's know, got extra ones. She's you know got it, extra drivers this year. You know where this is. You know, yeah, I know, but you know where this is. Any driver in history? If, if you had anyone on the current grid and said, "I want oh. him," is that is that too an open-ended question or not? Well, it is very open-ended because, you know, my if I could put any driver in there, it would be a driver that never had, it was never been in supercars, an ex-F1 driver who I think would be amazing. Maybe a bit tall, but I think he would be amazing. He doesn't even drive F1s anymore. Uh, Button. I think Button would have been a fantastic V8 driver. Have you ever thought about saying, uh, you well, might have thought about bringing him down? He drove one. Yes, he, he, dro- he drove. Oh, he did? He drove. Um, it um, not raced, but he um, he did uh, a uh, a swapsy with Craig Lowndes at Bathurst um, a number of years ago. They took the McLaren Formula One car to um, Bathurst. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, and um, he drove it I around remember. there. From all accounts, he did. Re- he drove it beautifully. He drove it really, really well. Oh yeah, he did. He did. But then look, there's so, there's a couple of young guys in. Um, development series and even under that that are showing a lot of potential at the moment and um you know it's a never say never type of category because you you never should never burn a bridge in um supercar because you never know when you might need that bridge again 
And so, I, I, I won't never say that I won't take a driver back. I'll never say that I, you know, that, you know, that I will do it at all costs because I won't. You know, it has to fit in. Now I've le- I've learnt that it's not about me. It's about me and Barry and Shannon and the team, and it's what how we think the team should go. Are you saying there on that statement that earlier in the piece you thought it was about you, that you were so in- consumed by it that it was about you rather than the team? Oh, not just not about me per se, but about I had the final say. Like everyone had their opinions and I would have the final say and I'd be, yep, that's my decision. You can't change it. Now, I've in the last, this is our 10th season, so... I'd say up to about two years, uh, two years ago, I learned, you know, that it doesn't matter what I think because I'm not the one trained to fix the cars. I'm not the one trained to engineer the cars. I've got to take advice from the experts. And when you surround yourself by, by good people and people who know what they're doing, you've got to take their advice. And you can't be stubborn and you can't put pride in front of, of, of everything. And you can't you know, put your make yourself bigger than the whole. And the whole is the team plus you, not you. If that made any sense. It made complete sense, complete sense. So the question now in season 2022, what pieces do you think are missing in Erebus? Um, I don't think things are actually missing. I just think that they need to be, need to be worked on. Um we have very good people at the moment in our team and I think uh, I don't know it just seems to be an Erebus thing that we like to be the underdog for some reason I don't know why but we do our best work when we think that we're not at the top and then we get to the top and we smile and we start all over again It's an interesting way to look at it. But, yeah, I mean, you've said you, you think another two years you want to be the team like DJR. So surely yeah, exactly. sure, surely that mindset has to change. Well, I, I look, it's not about the mindset. It's about getting your mindset to actual, to be physical. Um, everyone in there is in there for the right reason. Everyone in the team is in there for the right reason. Sometimes we're not, we might not pull it off. We've got to get to a point where we pull it off 100% of the time. Yeah, it makes complete sense. All right, well, Betty, I know... That's, um, and that's a big job. It's a hell of a big job, and, it, and it's constantly, constantly, the pressure's uh, constantly moving and changing, and there's something always new around the corner, isn't there, just to test you a little bit more? Oh, it's look, it's always been testing for me, and I haven't really seen myself as being a woman in motorsport. I'm just another team owner, but... Yeah. I know that I knocked down the door, I, you know, and I've let, I've opened windows and everything for women to come in behind me and they don't have to do what I had to do. And I think I'm really proud of that. Um, but I'm proud of what I've done in whole as an owner for my team. I, you know, hopefully I made the right decisions at the right time. Are you excited about Gen 3? I feel like I'm going... <laughs> I know most people start off in supercars then they retire from supercars and they go into GT, you know, or some or Porsche or whatever. I just feel like I'm going backwards. <laughs> I'm not backwards. I can't say no. I can't say backwards because Speed Cafe will probably pick up on that and say, Clemenko says we're going backwards with Gen 3. Um, but, no, I just, I, I have to see it in, with my own eyes 
and and I've read and I've read and I've read. I went in there for the for the sedan that you know the the mm. hits and the misses and the and everything else. This has become a little more gentlemanly and a little bit more. Look, I think it'll be great for the for the category. I honestly do. There'll be teething problems. There'll be all the other problems. It'll be great for the category. Um, and I know that Barry is really looking forward to it and everyone's looking forward to it. And I'm at that age now where I can kind of sit in the rocking chair at the back of the garage and go, <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. you know, this is... Uh, this is going to be. I'm just going to watch. I'm going to see what happens. The real question is: Are how close are your cars ready? There's some suggestion that cars won't be ready by the start of the new season. How far down the track are Erebus? Well, put it this way: In my first year, I think it was my first year. Tim Slade rode off a car at Bathurst, and we put it together in less than 24 hours from scratch. We took it right back to zero, like right back to the frame. So you know. Supercar teams, when pushed to the limit, can do some really wonderful things. And I don't, you know, we we can get cars out there pretty quickly. And it's just as long as we've got, you know, in this day and age, there's a lot of problems with transportation. There's a lot of problems with getting steel. There's a lot of problems with getting everything. So as long as all those problems don't hit, I think we'll all be out exactly when we need to be. Betty, you, you hit it on the nail. Just take it as it is. We thank you so much for your time and insight into being an owner of a team. And I know Murph's pretty excited to be racing for Erebus as a wild card in Bathurst this year oh, as well. Oh, we're excited to have him. Oh, there you go. It is thank you. When a female team owner says it, it sounds wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know he's. I know he's. I know he's genuinely looking forward to it, and he, and he he does love the Erebus environment. So, thank you for your time, oh, Betty. Oh, lovely. Absolute pleasure. See you soon. Thanks, Betty. Bye.